0: Um, what I'm going to focus on tonight is uh, how to walk out what God is speaking to you. And then uh, tomorrow night, I'm actually gone through, uh, I felt like the Lord had me go through just years and years of prophetic words and just kind of bring them all together. I don't know how exactly that's going to look, but I, I want to declare, and I've been saying this because I feel like I have this mandate from the Lord that God is up to wondrous things in this season. And this is, you should have said amen. It's still true. If, if you don't say amen to it, it's still true. The Bible's not true because you do it. It just proves itself true in your life. So, um, God is up to wondrous things in this season. And the people of God have to be marked with great, great focus. This is the greatest time to be alive. And... Uh, I'm going back to a few things even tonight of what the Lord told me because I think it bears repeating that uh in March when the uh, things began to shut down at least here in North Carolina I, I just went before the Lord and I said what well, I'm I'm listening and he said this doesn't change the purposes of God for the earth and then in October of this year we 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 put that on the 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 registration page for the website, I was li- like, if you, if you meditate too long on what's taking place in the earth, you, you're going to be discouraged. And I, I, I'm not suggesting that you deny what's happening in the earth, but the Lord so encouraged me one morning. He said, what's hap- uh, the, the enemy cannot stop the greatest outpouring in the earth the world has ever seen. And I don't say that because I I need some, you know, like encouraging thing to say. I say it because I believe it's true with all my heart. I've given my heart to it that this is the greatest time to be alive. And so God is up to wondrous things for this season. And our life as believers was never intended to live in reaction to what is taking place in the world. Say that again. Our life as believers was not intended to live in reaction to what is taking place in the world. A lot of times I've learned that um, many people's problem is not necessarily compromise or the devil, They just have never learned, and partially, I believe, because maybe it hasn't been taught properly, they've never learned to live from a place of revelation, and they live in response to everything they're doing. I think a lot of people in ministry live that way, and people try and shame them that they should be doing this, they should be doing that, and they should be doing this, so they actually live in response to the pressure of people. And so that's what one of the key parts of being a leader is the ability to say no, the ability not to be manipulated by people, because uh, even your own, you don't even have to be in church ministry to experience this. People in your own family will manipulate you by witchcraft to do things God never called you to do, and then you're worn out and you don't know why. If you are walking properly with the Lord, it's likely that you're, you have a lot of activity taking place, but there's a tremendous amount of grace to do what the Lord's called you to do when you do it. I haven't arrived in this, but uh, I was supposed to be in Brazil a few weeks ago, and they wanted to move it up to the week before, and I, I you know, you consult headquarters. You know, that's a lot. Make sure. But you have the grace to say, here we are, because there's a grace to do the assignment of what God has called you to do. Now, there's some people in the, I'm feeling this right now, there's some people in this room that God is actually do, calling you to do things and you don't think you have the time to do it or you think it's going to kill you. Let me flip it for you. That's really helped me. It will kill you if you don't do what God's calling you to do. <laughs> you got to flip it like that, you know? That's how I learned it. Like, like, are you serious? Like, you, like, like, what's going on? like, like here's what really helps me. I've said this many times before. The God who knows everything is talking to his son who doesn't know anything, and he's trying to deliver him of all stupidity. (laughs) You have to realize most of what you learn before you became born again is an incorrect foundation. Part of the problem is uh, with the application of truth with believers is because the world actually understands certain things about principles in God, the, the body of Christ, for a large section of them, has gone to a secular place to implement their principles, but it's the wrong foundation, and so it's a perverted expression to the world. I don't know if I put it like that, but it's true. I was just talking to pastors on Monday in Brazil, and I was telling them a story. Yeah, okay. Uh, sorry, having these dialogues. Uh, no, I'm not sorry that I'm having these dialogues. I, mean, I just want to know. <laughs> a certain group, they hundreds of thousands of dollars because they wanted to consult. And I'm not, a, I'm not against these things. I'm just against sometimes the philosophy that undergirds it and hundreds of thousands of dollars because they wanted to know what they could do better as a church. And I said, I could have saved you some money. I told the leader, I said, we could have gone 10 days to the prayer room, and we could have found out because you're an original expression. One of of the, the, the marks of a religious spirit, it wants everyone to be the same. And so, the reproduction is to be like Jesus, but to keep the originality. And I think a lot of times, the spirit of religion actually talks people out of the original creativity God made them to be. Now, there's nothing wrong with people embracing certain same characteristics, because if you're in a family, you will do that. You will, you will embrace those characteristics. But, oh, it's gotten dark. Please. Well, <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. I don't like dark places. So, what was I saying? <laughs> oh, yeah, you, when you're in a family. Like, so there are characteristics that you, and, and that's the, another reason why the enemy loves for people to jump from community to community, because they can never embrace the correct val- the root system that God wanted them to have in the kingdom of God. And so, their fruit is, is dysfunctional in development and um so you you want to I have uh certain characteristics because of the family I grew up in and my by the way, my dad's here tonight. I'll introduce him later, but i I am a different person than him, but I have characteristics like him, so that is what a community does with you that's why that's why you 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 shouldn't move constantly to different communities. I'm not saying that God doesn't move people, but often people spiritualize their dysfunctions, like God's moving us on. No, you just got offended (laughs) because you found out that they were touching that issue. And I'm convinced of this, that it's only in the context of real commitment to people and to a place that you will actually realize what's wrong with you. Because you get involved, you start serving in House of Mercy, and you realize that person that is awesome, like prophetically, you don't like their personality. (laughs) Not you, the person next to you and maybe they show up late, or they tell you they're going to do something, don't, don't do it, and you want to strangle them. And not you, the person next to you. And, and strangling may be like the proper response because they're not a kind person. But what you're really discovering is you got some anger in there because they, rem- they remind you of your aunt that treated you badly. So, it's only within the context of covenant that you discover what's wrong with you. So, the enemy loves to have you hit the escape button so you don't deal with those issues. And then, so you go to another ministry because God sent you there too, and, and then it just manifests in a different way. And, and I'm not, anyway, you understand what I'm saying. So we, as believers, we were never intended to live in reaction to what is taking place in the world, but define our world through the revelation we're receiving. We're not to live in a denial of what's taking place in the world, but rather we must refuse to allow what we see to define our belief system. Thank you for the one amen. Say it again. We're not to live in a denial of what's taking place in the world, like there should be There are certain things you don't need a word from the Lord, but because of the belief system that you've developed, you begin to just pray out of that place of what's taking place, what's taking place in Afghanistan. You know righteously what is right and wrong, and so you pray righteously. So having said that, I want to just also declare that we are in a season of unprecedented revelation. The Lord has told me repeatedly that this generation will be given access to secrets no other generation has been given access to. This is what I mean by sometimes I find that even unbelievers, Calvin described it this way, they carried this thing called common grace, and common grace is basically there is something, not that you're born again, but there's something because you're made in the image of God that you're able to access certain things that only God has on the earth. I was reading this week this fascinating book, and one of the things that... uh, Steve, the, Steve Jobs was quoted as saying, he's like, he goes, they're like, well, where did the idea for the iPad, the iPhone, everything? He's like, it came from within. And if Christ is in us, the greatest creator, the greatest innovator is inside of us. And there's all, these, there's all these things that God intended for a generation. There's all these things that God intended for your life. He describes it this way in Psalm 139. His thoughts towards you are like the sand of the seashore. And so he created the world to be governed by the kingdom of God. He's made you an ambassador inside that kingdom. And inside that kingdom, as part of your assignment, you have access to unprecedented understanding because it has to be so brilliant, he wants you to put God on display through it. That when you do things, you're like, that guy's pretty good, but there is no way. Who, who taught you how to do those things? And, the, and and it's it's this concept. If you want to talk about discipleship properly, uh, part of the reason I think we're having this challenge of discipling nations is because there's not disciple people. But we are in this season, and the Lord said, "This generation," He said to me repeatedly, "be given access to secrets no other generation has been given access to," and this is the greatest. Uh, this is the hour of the greatest outpouring. And God will appoint revelation to be revealed in certain seasons to a group of people to demonstrate himself in a manner that is above and beyond what is taking place in the world, of, in the world system. So I love this thing about God. He is the beginning and the end. That means before, he's the greatest architect that there ever was. So before you came, he already had gone to the end. I don't know how you go to the end if you have no beginning and no end, but he's, he can do that. He's beyond genius level. Like if you are not, fa- I think that is one of the most, d- most disturbing things that people in the body of Christ are not fascinated with God. They're more fascinated with what's taking place on Twitter than God because your heart was made for, for fascination. And so if, if you're not meeting that fascination in God, it's being met somewhere else and it's completely distorting the lens of your life. So, what I mean by that, so before the world began, he goes, yep, I got to be faithful to my word. I'm going to have these people. They're going to go into captivity, but I'm going to have a Moses. I'm going to reveal to him that I'm the God who hears, and I'm the God who sets people free. So, Moses is my representative above and beyond a people in slavery. I don't know how this all worked, but he's going to, yep. This COVID thing, (laughs) it's going to be in the earth. And the demons are going to love it. (laughs) But I'm going to have a people in the earth that will go above and beyond it. Moses, David, Daniel. I wish it wasn't so this way, but sometimes in the moments of greatest challenge, the greatest brilliance of God is displayed, because I think he really enjoys not to be outdone. So God will appoint revelation to be revealed in a certain season to a people given to him to demonstrate himself in a manner he intended specifically for that generation against the backdrop of what was contrary to the purposes of God. And if God is not, to me, if, if, if there's not this ongoing flow of revelation, then we go back to what God previously said. We know there was 400 years of silence. That, I'm thankful I didn't live alive during that time. I really am. So what, what, what is relevant then? What God has said previously. So I want to uh, just touch on this subject for a moment of revelation. If you have your Bibles, Proverbs 29:18. want to look at old and new here. This is New King James, Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no revelation. Literally, that means where, where uh, I think, um, well, he does it in the New Testament, but I think uh, uh, amplified where where there is no prophetic insight. The people of God perish. That revelation is so intrinsically important for the people of God that your, your, your life is actually dying without a continual flow of revelation. And when we say revelation, obviously it doesn't go beyond the word of God, but it, it is only in the practice of the word of God that you actually understand truth. This is not an intellectual exercise. Sometimes the challenge is because uh, God is not opposed to your intellect and revelation is filtered through the intellect, but because your intellect has embraced a world system response, it, you, you think, well, that's really wrong. That's, or we make statements like, no, that's really crazy. No, that's right. You're wrong. That's why your mind needs to be renewed. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. And then look at John 16. This is a New Testament equivalent to it, I believe, in my my heart. You'll, You'll see that God does not birth something totally different in the new. It builds on that previous truth that he builds in the old covenant. Malachi 4 verse 6, I am the God and I do not change. Now, it runs through the cross, but Jesus is not introducing something new when he comes onto the earth. He is reintroducing and adding a greater dimension to what he originally intended for humanity in Genesis 1. You cannot understand God properly without a real clear understanding and worldview from Genesis 1, 2, and 3. Glad I said that. John 16. I want to read out the, the passion here. Verse three, but the spirit of truth, but when the, sp- the truth-giving, excuse me, but when the truth-giving spirit comes, he will unveil the reality of every truth within you. I like that. So I he says the kingdom of God is within you. He won't speak his own message, but only what he hears from the Father, he will reveal prophetically to you what is to, what is to come. So this concept, and he tells you, part part of the the job we see there of the Holy Spirit is not only to reveal some truth, but all truth. So I, I say that almost every day of my life. Lord, thank you that you're leading and guiding me into all truth, not any truth, but all truth. You are the way, the truth, and the life. I have access to everything I need to know when I need to know it. But one of the reasons why is that your heart you and, and the heart is is, is uh, the Hebraic understanding is the heart is right here you don't think from here you think from here biblically and so the uh, God will reveal and give understanding to truth and he uses a open heart To carry truth, when you are carrying truth, when you're carrying a word from God, when you're carrying an impression from God, when you are really believing it, whether you see it or not, is actually working and operating in your life to orchestrate things in your life, to call things be not as though they are, and so he tells you things prophetically because you actually are the doorway to actually creating the future with God. This is really important because sometimes there's a lens in our mindset where we actually think we are a victim to the world that we live in. And so many believers just simply accept life for what it is or what it manifests on the outside of them. And so we understand this concept of revelation begins in Genesis 1 when, uh, let's look at there. Oh, I hear pages turning. I haven't heard that in a while. Good for you. Verse 28. Well, let's do... Um, let's, I'm sorry, I got to read it all. I like it all. If you don't like the word, I'm sorry. Not really sorry. Just get born again. <laughs> Then God said, let us make man in our, mankind in our image. Image is likeness, resemblance, pattern, shadow. That's what it means. So Adam was supposed to be a shadow of what God would look like in the earth. To see Adam was to see what God would look like. He wasn't a little God, but he was a representative of God. Paul puts language to it in the New Testament where he says Jesus was the image, the image of the invisible God. You see the pattern. God is not starting something new. He's released, and you'll notice that when Jesus dies and resurrects, he does no miracles because now he's operating as a son of God. He can't violate that principle of giving man the earth. likeness, so they may rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over all the livestock. Just as a side note, catch the little things that are in society that undergird this biblical worldview. I'm sorry if you embrace this, but just please talk to the Lord about it. I'm a dog mom. No, you're not a dog mom. Only moms have children. (laughs) I enjoy animals but you don't you are not paternal to animals it's trying to undergird how god originally intends things to create i'm not seeking to be offensive but there's so many of these half truths that people mix that causes them to walk out the truth that god wants to give them or just you be you you be you cost us what we're living in now. <laughs> what they're saying is, you be a God unto yourself. It's a kingdom. And in a kingdom, God that we don't choose to lead. That's also part of our problem, too, because we look at the lens often as Americans through a democratic lens. The Bible is not a book about democracy, although I think it's the best thing ever created by man, but it's not a book of democracy. It's a book of a kingdom where the king appoints the people, and the people don't have an opinion about what God thinks. But, the, the, and sometimes it's challenging for people, well, we know, like, 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 you know, well, it just safeguards us if we do it like this. Well, in God, you are completely safeguarded when you always do things his way. See, it's, it's, it's challenging because we, we realize that people are weak and feeble, so when we empower people that way, we get a little nervous. But you, that, that's a good thing to, to keep in mind when you're reading scripture. It is not a book about democracy. Hey. His purpose is not to inform us of, of that. Let us make man, I don't know why I stopped there, but it, it's just, it, this is real, these things, you will cloud the lens by which you view God when you embrace these things culturally. That's why it's constant in front of you, trying to embrace little half-truths. All the wild animals over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created, created mankind, and He said. Oh, own image. Here's another part that is fundamental to the worldview. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. So now watch, because we'll, we'll discuss this in a moment. A key part of who we are is the ability to perceive God, and when we're perceiving God correctly, we begin to perceive the world correctly. So what does the world system want to do? It wants to educate you that whatever truth that you see or whatever you decide is true. And so when you begin to decide things that are true simply based upon what you think is true, you are completely perverted in the way you see other people and the way you see the world. So that is why you'll see this, and catch how they do it. In the name of love, you have to call Jeff, now Sharon, because Jeff decided one night that he is Sharon. I'm not unsympathetic through the pain that Jeff is going through, but I cannot go into a realm of creating a false reality because people who live in a false reality, if they keep living it, will eventually become mentally ill. And so they want the whole world mentally ill and castrating your ability to see the world correctly and they have defined the narrative because what's the first, what did I just have to say I love people of course I love people The greatest thing you can ever do when you really love someone is actually to tell them the truth. I love you enough to tell you that this is destructive for your life, and if you keep practicing it, it will will lead you not only to a bad place here, but eventually lead you to a place that you don't want to go. So God blessed them and said to them, now catch this, this is a really important part. Be fruitful, increase, number, fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and sky and every living creature that moves on the earth. And God said, I've given you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that fruit with seed in it, they will be yours for food. I want you to notice this. There, 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 we were created to be governed by two realms and receive information from two realms. One is a census sight, feel, touch, smell. They are God-given. We don't want to diminish them, but how they are supposed to understand who they are and what they are called to do and the purpose they're given can only be understood through revealed knowledge. The first voice that they ever hear in the earth is the voice of God. Revelation is so key because it gives you, first of all, you got to connect faith with it, but faith gives you the privilege of no longer being governed by the five senses. The enemy would love nothing more than for you to get born again, speak in tongues, maybe go to a few prophecy things, and continue to live by the realm of the five senses. So he's got to trust, so revelation comes in word form. It can come in many different forms today, and again, it doesn't go beyond the word of God, but when God speaks, then it must be received, and then it must be acted on. You'll see they're perceiving the world correctly, and then revelation is also progressive, it was always meant to grow out of relationship with God. There's a fascinating, everything's fascinating in the Bible. It's one of the million fascinating things in Scripture. But you will see that we know that God walked with them in the cool of the day. He walked with them. And you'll see that he brings the animals to name them, and you will see something very fascinating. Adam does not stop to ask God how to name those animals. He's, he's trusting the words of God. He's trusting God's ability in him, but he also has a key part of living a life of revelation is a fellowship with God and to know God and to know him intimately. And here's the key, I think, there. When you know someone, you don't need to ask what they think about something. The New Testament equivalent is that leper who, again, he's acting, he is acting like, he is, he is choosing to be a human. He's not acting like God in this scripture. The leper comes to Jesus, and I believe that this is a goal of living a life of revelation, living a life with a real, revealed mind. It's this. He, the leper goes, if you're willing, and the response is fascinating to me because he doesn't say God is willing. He said, I am willing. When you know someone, you don't need to ask what they think about something. So, I, I, I'm trying to move into something. We know that their eyes and their perception are not, are, their, their life is not being governed. Their ability to have authority and rule the earth is not governed by their senses. And you'll notice that progression part, because what did he tell? He gives them an additional instruction. The, and, and this is, I want to say this too. It is not the ability to hear God that, that makes you mature. It is the ability to hear God, qualify for what he's asked you to do, and then walk it out within the context that, sometimes over many years. That is what makes a mature person. And the wisdom to apply revelation. What's the key to that? Fellowship with God. And many people hear something from the Lord but miss a turn somewhere and then secretly get offended at God because what he told them, and he did tell them something true, this is not every case, but I think a lot of cases, they, they go, why God, is God Because they assume things in the context of what they knew about God and also did not have the discipline in place and in the internal structure to walk out completely what he wanted to give them. And here's some good news for you. It will probably never turn out like you think it will intellectually. other thing he tells them, right? Don't eat from that tree. So your house, your internal house and belief system should be built by revelation. He's giving them instructions. Don't eat from that tree. They violate that. And what happens? I I I describe it like this. The lights went out to live simply from a place of revelation. And now they came into contact with something that has infected us all. God never intended us to experience certain things that we're experiencing on the earth today. So now understand, even though it's beautiful, it's redemption, we're actually, we're having to learn from God from a position he never intended us to live from. So here is the power here of what Jesus came to do. And let me just say this, too, because it's really important. I encourage you to, to, to grab. It's such a fun way when you're reading the Gospels to understand this. Everything that God intended for Adam you see expressed in the life of Jesus living as the son of man, with the difference being that God now lived in a man. He walked with it. You can do this if you're God. He actually improved upon perfection. You never needed Adam version 2.0. But in Jesus, he comes now and lives in a man. He's got to be born naturally in this world because God's got this thing that he's given men the earth. And he's got to come from a perfect seed. Look at Luke 14. Verse 18. He's quoting Isaiah 61. So here's another way that you build your belief system by revelation. You come into agreement and you proclaim what God has proclaimed about you because not only does it cause your body and soul and spirit to spirit soul and body to become alignment but it proclaims to the world that you've been given authority in I have come now and now I am coming to fulfill my assignment and you're releasing words and they're not just words the world was intended to be governed by word so when you release those things the atmosphere it might take 1 2 12 15 20 years but those words are going into the atmosphere and they're setting in alignment the world that you live in to manifest what God has called you to do. I want to suggest if the perfect Son of Man actually came into alignment with Isaiah 61, how much more do you every day? And and catch this this is this is also religious prop that confession stuff. You know that confession stuff. You one of those name it and claim it? Yes, I am. I proclaim the word every day. Because it will get you to try and mock the key value system that God causes you to live from. Because he said death and life are not in God's mouth. It's in your tongue. Well, they're just words. Got to watch that stuff. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim, catch this here, this is really important. Unless you're born again, you are bound. You are bound to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, and this is really important point. This is not just blind eyes, but blind eyes that cannot Walk out, revelation cannot live by revelation. That is also what he's saying to open the eyes of the blind. Unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. To set the oppressed free. How do you get free when you see truth? To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now look at Matthew 6. He talks about this point. Excuse me, Matthew 16. Verse 13, then Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, who do men say that I, who, who do people say the son of man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, and others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But what about you? This is NIV, by the way. He asked them, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you, catch this, by flesh and blood, but, my, but by my Father in heaven. What's he telling him? He said, this is a revelatory statement that you got from heaven. Then I think he, he gives us understanding here. And I tell you, you are Peter, and I know there's all sorts of, different understanding what this means, but I'm focusing on this tonight. You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I don't think it's a distortion of that verse and say, on revelation knowledge will I build my church, and the gates of Hades cannot prevail against it. On revealed knowledge will I build my church. One of, the, one of the overriding themes of Scripture is the knowledge of God. God wants to educate you according to the knowledge of God. He wants to deliver you of all ignorance and He wants to teach you how to walk by revelation. So, how do we receive revelation? I'm glad you asked. Receive it by faith declare what God is saying, and then begin to act on what you know. Now, the reason this is so important is this, is because impossible things cannot take place beyond revelation. Jesus is our example. John 8 is fascinating to me because Jesus says this, I, have, I am learning things from my Father. I am learning things from my Father. So one of the key positions of your heart as a believer is the posture of constantly learning, humility, and the ability to override even paradigms you formed in your mind.